0: Howdy, Dis After Dark listeners. Toy Story Land is opening up at Hollywood Studios on June 30th. Book now for some great summer deals and to see what's new. Take a ride on the Slinky Dog Dash coaster. Ride the alien swirling saucers with the kiddos. Enjoy a new third track on Toy Story Mania. And grab a bite to eat at Woody's Lunchbox. Remember, if you book with me, I'll take care of your dining reservations, fast passes, and create a personalized itinerary just for you and your family. Mention this ad to get $25 off your deposit. Reduce stress by letting me do the planning for you. I make the plans, you make the memories. Find me at WPMagicJourneys.com and on social media at WPMagicJourneys. So stop the fog machines and clear the cobwebs. It's time for another episode of the podcast that's nearly the same as
1: all the others. Warning. This show contains childish adult content and is intended for immature, mature audiences. Listener discretion is advised. The views spoken are hours and hours alone, not those of any other bugger. If you're easily offended, we strongly suggest finding another podcast. Everybody neat and pretty, then on with the show. Welcome to another edition of Diz After Dark. I am Nick, and I'm joined by two of my favourite people. One you've heard more recently than the other, but to my right I've got Mr P-Dubs, P-Dabs himself, Mr Paul Washington. Hello. And to the other side of me I have someone who's been miss- missing in action for the last month or so while she's been having a jolly nice time around us. Boston White Amanda.
2: Hi, it's so good to be back.
1: She was saying, uh, "Pedas," before um, we start recording. We're, we're just we're doing a double header, so we'll probably fall asleep halfway through this episode. So apologies in advance. But um, before we start recording, Amanda was telling me how she'd missed podcasting because she hadn't been on a show for a month, and I that sounded like a holiday to me.
0: Uh, it really does for us. Yeah, we've we've recorded probably two episodes every week for the last two months.
1: Yeah, yeah. I don't even know Honestly, what I'm recording now.
2: I was like, I'm nervous
1: to ah. record a podcast
2: because I don't remember what it's like anymore.
1: Well, I mean, once Universal drops this week, um, I think everyone will be aware that you, you haven't missed a beat. You, you know, back on good form. Good episode I just have so, like so well. much
2: to talk about. And I'm like, I don't know where to start then because I have so much that I need to tell you guys.
1: Oh, that episode was like a pinball. Like it yeah. went all over the place. It was like it, it basically it was it was just like listening to the female version of me. But with slightly <laughs> less tangents. But uh yeah, it did kinda of go everywhere. But that's good. Um but we are here now at Diz After Dark to talk about the other part of Amanda's trip to Orlando where you actually went to Disney World.
2: I did. It was um, a very, very long, almost three weeks that I was there.
1: Whoa, 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 before, whoa, 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 hang on, oh, hang whoa. on, hang on. Before we even get there, Amanda, come on, where's your manners? What's everyone <laughs> like what <I'm> drinking?
2: <laughs> it's because we've done a double header and I feel like <laughs> I've already done that bit now, I'm done. <laughs>
1: <laughs> Are you still on Bud Light?
2: I am still on Bud Light. I don't have very much of it left.
1: I'll just make it count, just make it last. Yeah. P I'll just it off. He's now no uh, of course he would he's
2: been abducted
1: yeah he does that every time i cut over to him he does that i, th- I think it's just a me, you know but um <laughs> i'm still on pepsi max i'm on the second bottle of pepsi max now i have finished the first bottle um so i'm now on the uh, the new bottle of pepsi max so it's a, the problem is when you open a new bottle of fizzy drink it's still quite gassy isn't it so i've yeah. got to be careful when i'm drinking it because you know i, I am worried about that so um right so, Amanda, yes. I am still here, by no, the way. Uh, oh, wow. You, you, ha- <laughs> you disappeared funny. just as I went and said what are you dreamed of. I
0: know. I hadn't disappeared. I sat on the mute button.
1: <laughs> All been there. All been there. <laughs> yeah. So what are, you, what are you having?
0: I have got a Havana rum coffee. Holy, what the hell?
2: <laughs> Why are yeah. you so fancy?
0: Um, It's just one of those jars that have got different flavours in them.
1: Havana rum coffee. Yeah. Oh,
2: wait, so it's not alcohol? No. Nope. Ah, oh, okay, you're not that fancy. I,
1: has it got caffeine in it?
0: Yeah. Oh,
1: man, this is a late night. It's going to be even later for you. Um,
0: uh-huh.
1: Right. Keeping me awake. I mean. oh, fair play. Um, so, Ghana Amanda, you went to, to Disney World. You went to Orlando for three weeks, was it?
2: I was there for about 19, 20 days. Okay. Um, so. It was split between Universal and Disney. I did go to SeaWorld as well, but I'll talk about that on a Universal episode. Um, Basically, every night that I wasn't at Horror Nights, I was at Food and Wine Festival. So I have eaten an awful lot of things that we were excited about.
1: Now, before we go too much into that, I mean, obviously, your main passion in life is Halloween Horror Nights. That's that's your big thing. But Mm -hmm. also, you live for food and wine. So I completely get why you're excited about that as well. But, of course, there is the rival to Halloween Horror Nights, which is Mickey's Mm Not-So-Scary. Did you... Well, I'm assuming you didn't go, but if you didn't, were you tempted to go at all? Or...
2: I didn't go this year, and I think that maybe on the last Diz After Dark that we recorded, I was umming and ahhing about it, because I was like, okay, I feel like I get FOMO if I don't go. However, I know that nothing has changed since we got the Hocus Pocus show, and I went that first year, I went the year after, and nothing's changed since then and so to me I just felt like it wasn't beneficial really for me to go if I would have had more time I know that sounds ridiculous saying I needed more than the time that I had there but trying to cram so many things into such a short amount of time is super hard anyway and so trying to eliminate things that I know that I don't really need to do Mickey's Last so Scary just didn't make the cut this year for me.
1: And also as well, I mean, it, it has decidedly gone up in value, you know, the last few years as well. I mean, I can't remember what the ticket price was in the end. Was it about $90, dollars p
0: Yeah, I think so. I think it. it's another one of those ones that vary depending on yeah. which night you go.
1: mm.
2: Yeah, but, some nights I looked that were, like, about $80, and then other nights I looked that were, like, 100 plus. And I was like, no.
1: And there's your sales tax on top as well. So you're probably looking at, even on a, on a good night, about $90. And to me, it just seems, like, really expensive for what you you get. Like, the experience itself, you're still going to a, a Disney park. The big difference with Halloween Horror Nights, and I don't want to dwell too much, Nick, because we've obviously just done it on Universal, but... You know, there, the the night and what you're going there for is a completely unique event. Mm-hmm. The only thing that's really unique about Mickey's Not So Scary is the shows and parades they put on. Everything else, like the rides are still the same. The meet and greets are different, admittedly, but, you know, the actual theme park itself is the same that night as it was during the day.
2: I mean, I, like, I do think that, Mickey's Not So Scary is an awesome event and I, I definitely feel like if you've never been before or you haven't been for a few years I definitely think that's worth it like I think I'll definitely go next year because it would have been a two year break for me then so I think I'll en- I'll enjoy it more next year but things like meeting Jack and Sally and the parade and all the other characters that they have out and getting to experience the rides in the night time I think it's it's worth it. And it's a lot quieter because if there's one thing that has really bugged me about Disney over the last couple of years, it's the crowds. Like the crowds are so intense in Magic Kingdom. I feel like like I don't like to complain about things. And I'm I always try and stay positive about the parks, but honestly it it's it's a rough ride in Magic Kingdom right now crowd-wise, like, it's just so incredibly busy at all times that it would be worth it alone just to be a bit less crowded. But Mickey's not so scary.
1: It does does put me off a little bit. Um, You know, I'm looking to go back in the next few years. I mean, the first time going with kids, and I am worried that my experience, because I've not been since... You know, Magic Band was introduced, and you know, the new Fast Pass reservation system has been put into play. And it does worry me how different the experience is going to be when I next go. Because, you know, before, if you didn't have Fast Passes for attractions, you'd have to queue, but mm-hmm. they'd all be quite manageable. But yeah. now, with some of those attractions, you know, you're talking about hours and hours in that hot, hot yeah. heat, and it just doesn't sound like a good thing at all
2: no honestly I did two days at Magic Kingdom this year which is like the least amount of time that I think I've ever spent at Magic Kingdom I usually go for at least three days and I didn't even spend the whole day there and the only rides that I went on were things that I'd fast passed because it was that crazy Space Mountain was never ever under a two-hour wait Oh, actually, I did. I did wait for one thing that I didn't have a fast pass for, which was People Mover, and I waited over half an hour for the People Mover. Now, a few years ago, like I want to say, even like maybe 2015, 2014, 2015, Most days that I'd go to Magic Kingdom was like you'd be a walk on, or I'd wait maybe ten minutes at the most. Space Mountain, I probably wait twenty minutes at the most. I'd walk onto people mover every single time. And, you know, I might wait half an hour for Haunted Mansion. This year and last year, it's like over an hour for Haunted Mansion. And that's a hot queue. Like, that is hot when you're outside. So, even, it's a small world, 45 minutes. It was just absolutely insane at all times of the day. And, and I felt it's like it's
0: only going to get worse.
2: Exactly. And honestly, I had a man literally want to fight with me because I wanted to cross the road while he was standing waiting for a parade. And all I wanted to do was cross over near the hub to get to my Space Mountain fast pass. And he could clearly see that I'm like, I'd crossed one side already of the hub and I'm walking through and I'm like, excuse me, excuse me, excuse me. And he literally throws his arm out in front of me and he's like, no. And I'm like, well, yeah, because I'm just trying to get through. And he's like, no. And literally tries to like barge me out of the way and I'm like, excuse you. Like, I literally, I'm not trying to stand in front of you for a parade. I don't even want to watch the frigging parade. Like, I am just trying to cross the road. And he's like, mm, sure. And I'm like, mate, you're just making yourself look so friggin' sad. Yeah. Like, you look like such a sado. It's ridiculous. Like, one, you're like six foot tall, I'm five foot tall. So even if I did want to stand in front of you, which I don't, you're still going to be able to see it me anyway. And two, like, I'm not a rude person. I wouldn't ever think that I can just barge my way in front of you when you've clearly been waiting for the parade. It's Like, you clearly have an issue here. And you just say you can take out on me. So I was like, no, like, frig you. And that just made me really angry. And I was angry about that for, like, hours afterwards. And I'm like, honestly, everybody in Magic Kingdom is so stressful. And it just wasn't a good time.
1: I mean, I think it's a combination of things, isn't it? It's, it's, you know, the heat's obviously a factor. Um, It's got to be when you're like that. And... You know, the fact that people do have to queue up now for so many things. I think it's Disney has never been a stress-free holiday. You know, like we were saying over on Universal earlier, you know, when you go to Orlando for... We're lucky in the UK, when we go to Orlando, we generally go for a a longer period than our American neighbours do. So we'll probably go for two or three weeks at a time. So we've got more time to spend at the parks than most people do during a vacation. But regardless of that, the queuing is is still a lot. You can't get all the fast passes you want generally. You have to make decisions. You have to wait longer for things. You have to wait longer for food. You have to wait longer for parades. And all Mm -hmm. this stuff, you know, it it does make the whole experience a lot more stressful. Mm Mm-hmm. So, you know, it, it's not it's not the the dream holiday that it... God, I don't want to be so negative. I'm not trying to be negative. I, I know. Mean, it's still amazing. It. It's, you know, the thing is, you're still going to have a great time, but it's not the same experience as what you would have had 10, 15 years ago. I think that's the problem, and that's what worries me, because we pay yeah. a lot. and I, I mean, not just us. I mean, anyone that goes to Disney, this is not a cheap holiday it's never been a cheap holiday but it is getting more expensive you know they just raised the car park prices last week to 25 dollars and people are up in arms about that you know things are getting more expensive buses are taking longer because of things like lyft and uber and the minivans adding more traffic onto you know the, the park as a whole um you know everything is taking longer i know we're going to have the gondola system that might improve things transportation wise a little bit, but everything takes longer and your time is precious. And you know, when you're spending thousands upon thousands of dollars to go on these or pounds or to go on these holidays, you want it to be the best. You want to have like the most amazing time and you're not able to have the same experience as you used to be able to.
2: No, and it makes me sad because I think, like, over all of the years that I've been going to Disney, like, Magic Kingdom has always, always been so magical to me. And it's always, like, you step into Magic Kingdom and everything's amazing. And I used to look at people who were being grumpy and I'd think, how can you be grumpy? You're literally in, like, the most magical place. Like, how can you be in such a bad mood? But progressively over the last couple of years... I, th- I think about Magic Kingdom and I think like I think of the good things in it. Like people move out and like Quantum Mansion and Space Mountain and the Castle and then I just think oh God boy. like it's stressful trying to get from the transportation and ticket centre. Like that in itself when you have hundreds of angry parents around you. Yeah who are trying to barge the kids in front of do which I don't, I don't care about that. Like I'm like, okay, if you really, really, really want to be in front of me with your kids to get on the ferry, that's absolutely fine. Like, whatever. Like, uh, like I care about your kid having a good time, so I'm not going to make a big issue of it. But everybody around you is so angry and everybody just wants to rush around and be in front of you and it's stressful just getting into the park. And then you get in there and it's just a sea of people and you can't get into a shop. You can't take pictures in front of the castle because there's so many people trying to do the same thing. And you can't get on any of the rides unless you want to wait an hour for them. And I just think it's sad that it gets so busy. And I feel sad for people who maybe only have one day to go and try and get everything done in Magic Kingdom because they're just not going to be able to. Yeah. But then on the flip side of that, you, Like I like, I absolutely adore Disney. I love Disney so, so much. And I had the most amazing time at Hollywood Studios. I had probably my favorite time ever at Animal Kingdom this year. I feel really sad that I only dedicated one day to it and it wasn't even a full day that I dedicated to it. And obviously Epcot's my favourite park ever. So I had an amazing time at Epcot. But well, it's just Magic Kingdom. Like man, it's stressful. And it's it's just it just makes me feel sad. Yeah. But I managed to do my favourite thing. So I fast past Haunted Mansion, Space Mountain, Big Thunder Mountain. And pirates. I didn't manage to get anything else except people moving.
1: So that was your Magic Kingdom experience. Mm -hmm. But your main thing really for going there was food and wine. Yes.
2: I loved food and wine this year. I think this year is probably my favourite one that I've been to in recent years. It was awesome the um pomegranate beer was back which is my all-time favorite i drank copious amounts of pomegranate beer and it was delicious we tried the impossible burger which i was so so excited about and it did not at all disappoint it was incredible so so good i got one and luke and jay were getting the they had like a, a meat burger at that um stand two they got the meat one and i was like honestly guys just gonna want to try this because it looks awesome and then i bit into mine and they were like oh we want your one now <laughs> so then they went and got in line to go and get an impossible burger and as soon as they bit into it they were like oh my god this is the best burger i've ever had Amazing. it was delicious i hope that comes back next year um I always get a... I don't remember whether it's called Cooper's Ale or Copper's Ale from Australia, but I always get that with the shrimp. And the shrimp, again, this year is incredible. That's probably my favourite food, other than the Impossible Burger, that we have at the event. Um, It wasn't as busy on the days that I went as it was last year.
1: And you went on not you obviously went on nights when Halloween Horror Nights wasn't on.
2: Yeah, except I went on one Saturday. So the one Saturday that I yeah. didn't go to Horror Nights, I went on that Saturday and even that day wasn't crazy busy.
1: Interesting.
2: Um like the the beginning of um World Showcase cuz they have all of the the booths like in in between future world and world showcase you know like in that little kind of strip in the middle they have booths in there and that was pretty congested but just because of how kind of windy it was and then the kind of front of world showcase was busy but that's more just people trying to decide whether they want to go to mexico way first or they want to go to like canada and uk way first but once you got a little bit around, it, it was absolutely fine. And I saw a lot less crazy drunk people there this year. Which, again, was a plus. I mean, I'm not saying that me and James weren't crazy drunk, because we were. We just hide it well. And then James tried... um, What was it that he tried? I think it was a is it paella yeah he tried that in spain and that looked awesome but that had i think chicken in it so i couldn't have that but he really enjoyed that
1: paella generally has like chicken and chorizo in it yeah i think it had shrimp in it too yeah yeah it has seafood normally either prawns or shrimp um and, and like maybe something like a mussel or yeah, uh, clams, that kind of thing. So yeah, but it's it's normally got meat and fish rather than just one or the other. So, mm-hmm. yeah.
2: and that looked like it was quite a big portion too. Okay. Looks good. I like. I find the portions pretty filling anyway. Like I know that they're quite small, but I feel but so like are you. yeah, so am I. Like, don't get me wrong. Like I, I ate my way around quite a lot, um, but I felt very very full by the end of it. Um I tried the handsome beer. Mm hops. It was disgusting. Really? Yeah, I was so sad. And I waited for quite a while in the line for that one because that was at the um America Pavilion. I think it was called the Fife I want to say the Fife and Drum or something like, or the Fife Tavern or something like that. Um, and it's got like a weird queue where you queue at both windows, but people were queuing at both. And then like, oh, it's actually just one, by the way. So now all the people from that other line are going to have to like cut into this line too. And I was like, oh, great. Um, so it was quite a while and it just wasn't nice and I was really sad. But I'm glad that I tried it. Um, What else have we tried? <gasps> James tried escargot. That looked insane. Have you guys ever tried that?
0: No. (laughs) I've looked at it so many times and gone, do you know what? No. Just not for me.
2: Nick, have you ever tried it? (coughs) (laughs) Has has, has it gone? No, I'm still here. Oh, Nick's been eaten by a snail. Have you ever (laughs) tried it?
1: Um... No, no, and I, I, mean, I obviously won't now. But I was always open to, but no, it's one of those foods that I just never got round to eating.
2: Well, James was like really dubious about trying it, and I was like, too late, fear factor. And basically, if I say fear factor, yes, no matter it. who I'm with, like you have to do what I've what I've just like challenged you to do. So he was like, oh no, and I was like, oh, you have to now and he actually really enjoys
1: it. Yeah, I think it's more uh, you know, cuz I mean it's it's a very popular food item in certain countries. So I think it's just one of those things where the the thought of it uh is is what p- puts people off, but you know, they, aren't they like, like covering garlic or something. I mean, you know, pretty it much was, anything's um, improved by garlic.
0: It
2: was like the the snail bit. And that was in like a garlicky butter, and then it was inside of a croissant Ooh. that had like a garlic butter, and I want to say it was parsley, maybe.
1: Yeah. Like um, right. like a
2: sauce thing on top of it, and he said that the like the croissant was like so so nice, like really really buttery, and he said that then the snail bit just kind of tasted like a mushroom.
1: Yeah.
2: Like a like a meaty kind of mushroom, and I was like. But then because we'd spoke about that so much, the next time we went, our friend Steve met up with us and he tried it too and he also enjoyed it.
1: Yeah, I think it's just the idea of it is, is what puts people off. Like I said, I think, you know, it's obviously quite a nice thing. Otherwise, they wouldn't be quite so popular, especially, you know, we're talking about snails being popular in a country where they have access to any kind of meat sauce that they want and they're still extremely popular so it's not like in a culture where it's eaten because there's nothing else for them to eat that makes sense do you know what i mean like they obviously eat it because it's nice
2: mm-hmm. everyone around me seemed to enjoy it too like when whenever i've had people with it they seemed to be super enjoying it um what else did i try they had a new a new thing in Mexico that I don't know if we spoke about when we did our, um, like, overview. Because I, I don't remember ever hearing about it. So, a few years ago, they had, like, a shrimp taco. That was, my like, one of my favorite things at the Hall of Food and Mine. And they didn't have it last year. They had something that I really didn't like instead. But this year, they had a shrimp and cheese quesadilla. And that was delicious. It was like melted, glorious cheese with shrimp. And it was just so good. So I'm super glad that I actually went. Because I was going to completely miss Mexico. Because like, well, I know they don't have what I want there anyway. And then I by chance went over. And I was like, yes. So that was delish. And then we tried in Africa. And usually I always walk past Africa. Because it's always like lamb or like it's always it's always some kind of meat but they had peri peri shrimp um like shrimps on a stick with um I think it was couscous maybe and I was like well I love peri peri like I love Nando's peri peri and it's not the same thing, but I put that, like, I put that peri-peri sprinkle on freaking everything in life. So I was like, okay, I'm going to try this. And it was so spicy. Like, I was not at all prepared for how spicy it was going to be. Almost took my whole head off. But that was really, really nice as well. Everything that I tried at the event, actually, I really enjoyed, except the Hanson hops. I think that was pretty much the only thing that I didn't like. Um... I think that I tried something in Italy, but I don't remember what it was that I tried. And then, obviously had hummus fries in Morocco. They are another one of my favourites. I don't know whether I tried a... Oh, I got a Bud Light from Morocco because I was surprised that they were selling Bud Light there. I was like, they're obviously going to have, like, fancy beers. And then when I got up to the counter, I was like, actually, I don't want any fancy stuff. I will just have a Bud Light.
1: Right, so hang on, hang on. Hummus fries. Let's go back to hummus fries. Right. What are hummus fries?
2: Okay, not what you think they are. Well,
1: I'll tell you what I think they, they are. It's a portion of chips that's got hummus shot on top of it.
2: No, that's what I thought that was going to be, too, the first time I ever tried them. But it is, like... It's hummus, fried. Wow! Like like, imagine like chunky fish fingers. It's like that. Like chunky rectangles of hummus, like in like a fried batter, and they are delicious. Like they have all like really nice sauces on top. So so good. Absolutely love them. Oh my god, I almost forgot that I had my vegan nachos from Greece. They are actually, like, I take back everything that i said, what was my favourite? They're my favourite thing ever.
1: So, what's hummus nachos? Uh, sorry, what's vegan nachos?
2: So, it is pita chips with vegan sausage, like crumble, like crumbly vegan sausage with salsa sour cream and I think satsiki, I think is what it is and olives and oh my god delicious like the vegan sausage is like corn mints okay kind of thing but that's like a really really nice sauce on top and they are just delish like they are so so good and I think that I tried, I did try quite a few beers, but I've left my, I have a little passport, because you can get a passport when you go in and eating and drinking around the world, and then you can put, a, like, the country sticker on the page that you've eaten or drank at. So I've filled that passport with things, but I've left it at Ash's house. So I don't remember every single thing that I tried, because I would be, like, quite drunk by the end of the night. So, so no change to be at home <laughs> No, not really. But um, yeah, I like I did try quite a lot of the beers that they had. I didn't try any of the spirity things that they had. Um, the margaritas looks good in Mexico, but I know that I can't handle them. So I didn't get any of them. Um, they have like slushy, I think the Prosecco maybe drinks in France. They look really good too, but I didn't try any of them um all of the beers that i tried at the brewer's collection near um germany it's delicious that's where they sell the pomegranate beer and they have i think two other two other beers that i i, I would never be able to pronounce them they're like crazy crazy long names but uh, they're my favorites at the at the whole thing those three but the pomegranate beers like, you can get it in a flight which is I think ten dollars for three little ones, or you can get the pomegranate beer by itself, but when you get it by itself, it's not all that much bigger than it is when you get it in the flight, okay which disappoints me because it's so good that i think I would like it in a pint.
1: Was that because of the strength?
2: um, I don't know. I'm not too sure, but it's like, it's a very, very small glass that you get it in, but it like, it doesn't taste like a beer, it tastes more like a cider, Mm. but I love it, like everyone that I've spoken to about it, like from last year, like, oh my god, you need to try the pomegranate beer, everyone that's tried it this year has been like, oh my god, you are so right, it's so
1: good. Saying that though, I'm not a fan of those kind of things, but I remember having a Belgian beer that was like coconut flavored, and
2: oh yeah, I remember you talking about that yeah,
1: it. and that was that was really good, so although i can't say I'm not a massive fan of those things i, I think they can work really well actually, yes, it's quite funny because like i've had things I've had like quite a few different things like that, and I remember once I had like a a chocolate flavor beer, and I just really didn't get the taste of it at all. It just tasted like an odd beer. But yeah. when when they when it's infused properly, you know, and that and that you can taste whatever it's made with come through, it, it is like quite a treat actually.
2: I try, I had like a sip of someone's chocolate beer at Toothsome, and I really didn't like it. But I didn't know whether it's because I don't like chocolate, or whether it's because I just didn't like that kind of thing. But there is so much cool stuff at Food of Mine. I honestly, like we went to Food of Mine about five times. I think we went five nights. And I, I still would like more time at Food of Mine because there's so much to try. And I love trying new food, but I feel like everyone does the same thing where you'll go with Food of Mine one night and you'll try like maybe four or five things. And then you're like, okay, the next night that I go, I'm going to get that thing again. Mm. And that's the trap that you fall into. But what we were doing was we were getting those little gift cards that you put around your wrist, like on a little springy bracelet, and we were just loading that up because it's annoying having to go in and get cash every single time because you might stop at like consecutive like four or five booths and you're having to get your purse out, get your ID, or blah, blah, blah. if you've got the little springy gift card, you just load that up. And that makes your life so much easier. And I think I've still got maybe like $40 left on mine. But I'll be able to... They don't expire, so I'll be able... Well, I I think they don't expire for maybe like three years, I want to say. Okay. Or they might not even expire at all. Um, I know that I've got one left from last year too, so next year I'll have quite a bit to spend on those. <laughs> but we rode Test Track... Like super, super drunk one night, I forgot how fast test track goes, and how like aggressive it is, oh yeah, because James had never been on it, whatever, Ever. like i like I was talking to him the whole the whole like walk up to test track, and I'm like, yeah, like it's totally different to how you remember it, like they've completely changed like the whole theme of it, and then when we got to the front, he was like, I've never been on this. And I was like, no, you did, but it was, like, the dummies. And he was like, nope, nope, never in my life. And I was like, what? And then when we got off, we were both like, oh, God, we feel sick now.
1: Yeah, I mean, that is definitely... p would you would you go on that if he was half cut?
0: Um, Probably not. It probably felt like the taxi drive home after a night out.
1: Exactly. I think nothing worse.
2: Honestly, it was rough af but so much fun like literally we we're just laughing our heads off for the entire time but it was like laughing because we feel like we're gonna throw up but also laughing because it was so much fun and i'd forgot how much fun it was because sometimes you just you're having so much fun doing the food and wine festival that like you forget to go on the rides
1: yeah i mean i can i can see that being a thing um i can't think when i did food and wine i can't think of many I think all of it was watch the fireworks, actually. I think we just watched the Illuminations. I don't think we did. Um, I don't think we went on any attractions at all.
2: Oh, uh, really? Well, yeah. we did we did test track. James had never done Living With The Land, so we did Living With The Land.
1: I do like that attraction.
2: I like Living With The Land. And James likes it because he is really into like horticulture. And so, he was, like, super interested. So, he wants to actually do the Behind the Seeds tour.
1: Mm-hmm.
2: Next time we go. Like, James really, and he'll talk more about this when he comes on, because I to get him on Disaster Dog too. Um, He really didn't enjoy Disney. Wow. At all. He's definitely more of a universal person. And I feel like I'm both. Like, I love both. But he definitely is more universal than Disney. Um, but that was like, he really likes Epcot. And he really loved Living with the Land. Um, <clears throat> we did Nemo, of course, because Nemo's fantastic. Mm-hmm. Um, Spaceship Earth, but then Spaceship Earth was closed on our last Epcot day. And mm. honestly, I almost cried. They, we'd had, like, a really, really bad storm because Hurricane Michael was, like, we were kind of just getting the tail end of it. So we were just getting quite a lot of rain. And it had rained all day long. We got trapped underneath, you know, the um, the friendship boat that goes from Hollywood Studios to Epcot? Yes. We got stuck underneath the little shelter where you wait in line to get on the boat and it rains harder than I've seen it rain since like Hurricane Matthew like it was so so heavy and it was just coming from like all angles because it was so windy and people were trying to like take shelter but like it was just coming in from the side so I was in a ball on the floor with like a windbreaker on hides underneath an umbrella literally crouched down with the umbrella trying to cover me as much as possible because I was like if I get soaked I'm just not gonna dry because now it's cold so then the boat wouldn't dock until people had moved out of the exit line but no one had moved out of the exit line because it was raining so much so everyone was just getting really really angry and I'm like oh my god please just let me on the boat so we got on, but then I think Spaceship Earth had, had like, a flooding issue. Mm. So they yep. closed it down. And then all night I kept going back and checking. And they're like, oh, we hope that's going to be opening maybe, like, in the next hour. So I'd go back to to World Showcase and do some more things. And I'm like, please, it's my last night. I can't go home without riding Spaceship Earth one more time. And it was, like, quarter to nine. The park was closing at nine. And I'm literally sat underneath spaceship earth waiting and i'm watching all of the like fancy closed cast members walk up the ramp into spaceship earth and then walk back down and i'm like eh, any sign of opening yet please and they're like oh hopefully hopefully soon and i'm like it's not open is it like you're in the time of the truth and they're like no <laughs> i was like uh, great
1: I imagine you sitting there underneath Spaceship Earth just like Fry's dog did in that episode of Future Armour which I'm never gonna watch again.
2: I haven't seen it, but it was like I was just so sad just sitting there like getting more and more hopeful, the more fancy clothes people that I'd see. And then I was just like just just tell me the truth. Just break my heart.
1: Here's a tip for you. Read the synopsis to the future armor episode Jurassic Bark. Just never make the mistake of actually watching Jurassic Park because it will absolutely break your heart.
0: It's one of the saddest
1: episodes. It's one of the saddest episodes of any TV program I've ever watched, and it's a cartoon. Oh god, horrific! Um, So I'm assuming because you didn't mention it, you didn't try and do uh, Frozen Ever After.
2: No, well, I tried to, but James was like, no. Like, not at all. And I was like, but it's, like, 40 minutes, and, like, that's the lowest that I've ever seen wow. it. And he was like, "No, nope. Like, nope, not a chance. And I was like, please. And he's like, nope. And he's like, you can wait in line, and I will carry on around the countries, and then I will come back and get you in an hour. And I'm like, no, then I'll be alone. <laughs> I'm too shy. <laughs> please leave me. So we didn't do it. I've done it before, though, and, like, I think that's a fun thing, but I knew that he just really wouldn't like it anyway, so I knew that I was, like, wasting my time with it. hmm But I did get a parasol made in Epcot. A what what? A parasol. So. A parasol? In, a parasol. So in the France Pavilion, and I have, like, little pink ones from when I was little that I had made, um... I love them so, so much. But what I really, really wanted was, like, a gothy parasol. So I saw that they had black ones. And then the the little sign said that they could do flowers and hearts and your name. And I was like, please, I don't want flowers and hearts. And they're like, but it's flowers and hearts. And I was like, I know, but please, I want bats. And they're like, no, it's like, it's really, it's just flowers and hearts. And I was like, please. And then the girl, this cute little French girl was like, is that Bella Lugosi on your arm? And I was like, yes. And she was like, okay, I'll do bats. (laughs) And I was like, yes. So she's like, come back in half an hour and it'll be done. And it is adorable. Like, I love it so, so much.
1: What does a goth girl in the north of England do with a parasol?
2: Well, I mean, like, what if, like, my family has a barbecue in, like, the few days of sun that we have? And I want to stay pale.
1: Oh, no, absolutely. I get it for the two or three days of sunshine that you get up there every year. But I just meant on a day-to-day basis. I mean, it's far too windy, surely
2: yeah but my plan really was to use it while I was there because honestly like I wasn't exaggerating on Universal After Dark earlier like that first two weeks that I was there was the hottest that I've ever felt it in September it was like so uncomfortably hot and I was like no matter like I use Factor 50 plus kids sunscreen (laughs) Because I'm very, very, very vampirely pale. And I'm like, I'm I'm just, I can feel my skin burning. Like, I can feel it. Like, no matter how much sunscreen I'm putting on.
0: I'm bursting into flames.
2: That's literally what I was like. (laughs) And I went back into work, like, earlier in the week. And they were like, Amanda, like, how do you go to Florida and, like, you don't tan? And I was like, oh, you think that I haven't tanned? And then I literally, like, showed my stomach. And I was like, that's how pale I was, and now this is how tan I am. I'm like, okay, you're really tanned compared to what you were, but how are you still so pale? And I'm like, honestly, like, there's no escape from the sun. So that's why I wanted the parasol, but then I didn't ever get around to using it, because it's really big.
1: Amanda basically went from Arctic snows to ivory.
2: Yeah, pretty
1: much. <laughs>
2: pretty
1: much. I, t- I look, I'm the kind of person that I, I happily walk around with a parasol like there was one day this summer where i knew i had to go into town and i looked at like the temperature outside and it was like 32 degrees and i was like sob this for a laugh and i just took an umbrella i, I just i just had an umbrella up like, it's not as good as a parasol but it was still keeping some of the heat off me
0: well we know where nick's going when we get to florida next year and we <laughs> head into epcot for his parasol
1: yeah i'm a man, don't you them. know <laughs>
2: Yes, I'm excited about that. But it was like crazy, 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 insanely hot. Like it was, it got to the point where I didn't even want to step foot outside. Like I would, I was like begging to wait in long lines so that I could be in air conditioning and shade <sighs> because it was just crazy. And I'd look at, like, the AccuWeather app, and it'd be like, okay, it's, like, 38, but it feels like 45. And I'm like, no, 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 not about that life. Like, I like being warm, but that was just insane. Absolutely crazy, which I 100% felt when I went to Toy Story Land.
1: Is that because Sid had his magnifying glass it
2: fricking felt like it. Like there is no shade in Toy Story Land. Wow. At all, anywhere. It is the only place that has shade is the toilets, and if you're waiting in some of the line for Alien and Saucers and Toy Story Mania, they're the only places that you're going to get shade in Toy Story Land.
1: Are the um are the toilets named there?
2: no, but they have they they are themed. Like I don't remember what I think it's like Kinex or something. Mm-hmm. Is all around them.
1: They should have just called it Toilet Storyland.
2: <laughs>
1: a land within a yeah. land, just, just the toilets.
2: Exactly. But I didn't stay for very long in Toy Storyland. Because of the, the lack of shade and because Slinky Dog was about an hour, which isn't terrible considering it's only just opened, but I didn't want to wait for an hour in the sun to ride it. And then Alien Swirl and Sources was about 45 minutes, I think. But I had a fast pass for Toy Story Mania, so I made sure that I got that done. But it was just the fact of, like, it was very, very busy in there, obviously. And it's a lot smaller than where I thought it was going to be. Mm. Like the la- the whole land in general. I imagined that it was going to be like a, a, a very big section of land and it didn't feel like it was.
1: I've got to be honest, if I was there, I would have probably waited for us.
2: <laughs> would
1: you? Yeah. yeah. We I'm considered
2: quite, waiting for it because I was like, okay... Like, I was watching Slinky, and I was like, right, if we don't do it now, and we come back later to do it, the line's going to be much longer. Can you... Because you... think... Sorry. Can you what?
1: No, I was, I was just going to say, like, when you're queuing up for Slinky Dog, can you actually see us? Like, can you queue up and, and stare at us if you wanted to? Or I mean, can you not see it in the queue?
2: You can kind of see it. Yeah. Like, it's, like, a, around, like, a strange bend. Yeah. So, you, like, you can kind of see it. But we were, like, stood on the bridge near the Slinky Dog entrance, and I was watching it go, and it is so slow. Really? Like, it, I felt like it looked kind of slow on videos anyway, and no then when I was asking people, like, is it actually that slow? They're like, no, I mean, it's not bad. And I'm like okay, because it looks like quite slow, but then watching it in real life, like the bridge bit is above the 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 like mid-launch bit, so where it stops and then think he's like Let go, um, so it like was dragging the car back, and I was like okay, it's going to shoot off, and it's going to be like not super fast, but it's going to be like a little bit fast. It was like it was just starting. Hmm. like it was ridiculously slow and I was like okay I don't want to wait for an hour for that
1: I've heard mixed things about it I mean I mean as as, well actually question you've never been to Toy Story Land in Paris have you no so I mean I I think it sounds to me P-Dabs that it is probably about the like the land is probably not much bigger than it is in Paris
0: no, it it really does sound sound the same because the the Paris one probably isn't quite as wide as the one in in Florida. I think by the look of it, because of course you've got uh, the link to Toy Story Mania on the side of it as well, which kind of expands oh, it a little bit. Hmm. Mm. Um, but I think the Paris one will, if the plans that we've seen go ahead and they get the they get us as well. Um, the, then that will probably be about the same size, I would imagine. I think that would take it to a very similar size.
1: Mm. I mean, a man is the only one that's seen it, so a man just just so we can get an idea of where it could possibly go into the Paris version. How big is us? Uh,
2: was it a big ass or was
1: it like a small, more of a small? I'd say us? it was a medium. A medium ass, okay.
2: Yeah,
1: I'd say it was a medium. Okay. So I mean, it probably could. There's probably a bit of room there for expansion.
2: I mean, I'd say Paul,
1: would you not say? Like, you could probably, yeah. you could probably squeeze us.
2: <laughs> oh my <laughs> life! What? Anyway, didn't ride there, and didn't ride Slinky Dog. I did ride Toy Story Midway Mania. James had never been on that before either, and he super enjoyed that.
1: I I really rate Toy Story Mania.
2: Yeah. I've always I liked it. I think it's
1: it. really good. Mm. I don't. I, mean, I know it's a shooting game, and I know there's other shooting games, but, you know, if you look at the three big shooting games in Orlando, you've got Buzz, you've got Toy Story Mania, and you've got Men in Black. And Toy Story Mania is my most fun.
2: Yeah, definitely. I think it's the best out of the three of them, for sure. Um and with our fast pass, I think the line was, the line wasn't long at all, actually, but I think it was like about 35 minutes. And with fast pass, we just walked on. That's
1: what's, that's what I do think is a little bit surprising. Mm-hmm. You know, when Toy Story Mania opened up, uh, sorry, when Toy Story Land opened up, you know, Slinky Dog was over three hours to go on that. And I I, I wow. get it. Like, you know, a brand new attraction always gets big queues, but, Last week, I saw someone took a picture. Slinky Dog had a 20-minute queue.
2: What?
1: Massive drop from a few months ago when it first opened.
2: I would have waited 20 minutes for it. Like, I definitely would have waited 20 minutes for it, purely just because it's new and I haven't been on it. Like, I waited probably about an hour for Seven Dwarf Mine Train when that opened.
1: Mm.
2: And I... I think I've maybe done that once since... Because the line's always massive. But I know that I've done it. And so I I would wait 20 minutes for it. And I think if... Like, the day that we were at Hollywood Studios... That we went to Toy Story Land... Was the day that Luke and Ashton had come with us. And Luke only had that one day at Disney. And so he wants to ride things like Tower of Terror... And Rock and Roller Coaster... And Star Tours... And it's like, I'm not going to make you wait for an hour Yeah. to ride Slinky. Yeah. So we didn't stay very long in there. We did leave to go and do Tarot Terror, which is the best every time.
1: It's amazing how that attraction is what? uh, 14? No. 24 years now? Yeah. Yeah. Twenty yeah. nineteen ninety four, I think it opened.
2: Yeah, because I the first time I went on it was nineteen ninety five, so it was definitely open in ninety five.
1: Yeah, I think it was it was ninety four ninety five. So I mean, it, it's been there a long time, and yet it still remains so popular.
2: Yeah, it's absolutely fantastic. Don't get me wrong; that had long lines too. And my plan of action. For Hollywood Studios, it's like, okay, I've spent the last couple of years having to wait in really long lines for my favourite rides while wow, there's been so much construction going on. But now that Toy Story's open, everyone will be in there. I can ride Tower of Terror and Rock and Roller Coaster loads of times. No. It was still busy.
1: Mm.
2: But, I, I mean, even with Toy Storyland opening, like... I wouldn't say that there's nothing in Hollywood Studios. I think, I think Hollywood Studios, like, it's, my, it's one of my favourite parks. I enjoy my time there. But I feel like it needs something that's going to just eat up a lot of crowds. Which you'd think that Frozen Sing Along and Beauty and the Beast and Toy Story Land would do. Like, all three of them together would eat up a big chunk. But still, Tower of Terror was like an hour plus. So I don't know.
0: It's always an interesting interesting one with Tower of Terror because it is kind of the first attraction you really come to, isn't it? I know it's off to the side, but Mm -hmm. it's that first one that you see. Um, Whereas a, a lot of the other attractions are kind of towards the back of the park. And I do wonder whether that does affect it, that people come in and and that's where they go straight to.
2: Maybe. And I think sometimes you'll go and there's no wait at all. But this year it it was busy all the time. And so it was Rock and Roller Coaster. But I think Rock and Roller Coaster is one of the best roller coasters around. So I think that's always going to be popular. I think it's hard to find a good coaster in Disney, too. So when you have things like Rock and Roller Coaster and Everest, like they're always going to be super popular.
0: And and this is what we pointed out to, to Nick, because Nick asked the question about why we loved California Screaming mm. in, in California Adventure. And that is one of the reasons. It is one of Disney's only out-and-out out roller coasters. Mm-hmm. And I think they're always gonna be popular because that's that's what gets gets people to, to theme parks.
1: It makes you wonder why they spend they don't spend more time developing rides like that. Because, you know, when they first did Terra Terror and when they first did Rock and Roller Coaster, when they first opened those rides up in the nineties, they were quite unique in that they were much more thrilling than Disney was used to. I know there was Space yeah. Mountain, but to me, Space Mountain isn't that dramatic. You know, there's no inversions, there's no massive drops. Um, you know, Tower Terror, Terror obviously has, you know, huge drops in it. You get a lot of G-Force in it. Um, and then Rock and Roller Coaster was the first roller coaster they made, which had, you know, inversions and, you know, corkscrews and stuff like that. Um, in a, a North American Disney park. Obviously, we'd had it in Paris before that. Um, but those rides have proved so popular, it makes you wonder why they haven't tried to do something more. Like, why is there not a coaster like that in the Magic Kingdom?
2: hmm
1: I know they're doing Guardians... Well, they're doing a Marvel attraction at the moment in Epcot. God knows what it's going to actually end up being. Um but regardless, you know, that's going to be quite a thrill ride, and I think that will be towards a more exciting level of stuff. But there does seem to be a big lack of those. Even at Expedition Everest, which I think is a great ride, really is just a kind of slightly different version of Thunder Mountain, if you think about it.
2: I absolutely
1: adore Everest. I do. Like, I'm not saying... I really
2: love
1: it. I'm not saying... I'm not saying it's a bad ride, but what I'm saying is is that, you know, if you compare, if you look at um, Big Thunder Mountain and you look at Expedition Everest, there are similarities. Mm-hmm. Now obviously there's a huge backward section which is unique and is different, but on the whole, it's a train. It's a train ride that goes wrong yeah, uh, or goes a bit crazy. Um, why they didn't stick another th- actual roller coaster in there as well, I, I don't know.
2: No, like, I I love coasters. And, I like, I really, really love riding Rock and Roller Coaster. And I do feel like more thrilling rides are needed.
1: Mm. Especially as well, like, you're saying about your brother, you know, and obviously he's not on this episode. We will get him on a future show. But, you know, with you saying about he preferred Universal to, to Disney, it's probably because... There are more thrill thrill rides there. Yeah, you know, even even the ones that don't kind of go upside down, like you know, the likes of Spider Man or, or Transformers, they don't need to go upside down necessarily, but they are a completely different experience to what you get at Disney. Um, you know, Forbidden Journey, completely different to anything you get at Disney. hundred percent. Much more variety there.
2: Definitely, and for as much as people say things about like Universal with the screens, like I understand what the same with some of them, but Universal have some of the best rides.
1: Yeah, I like, mean they've got I mean they have got lazy. There's no disputing that. I mean, you know, of late the rides had been increasingly similar, had been quite lazy in nature. But that's not to take away the legacy. Um and even like I know um Oh, what's, uh, what's the other Harry Potter ride? Gringotts. Oh, Gringotts. Escape from Gringotts. Um, even though that is another ride which has screens in it, it's not a standard screen ride. I get, I get why people moan about Jimmy Fallon and Kong and Fast and Furious to varying degrees. I understand why they feel that about those. But, you know, in a lot of their screen-based attractions, they are different. But the rides themselves are different. Um, So, yeah, I I just think that Disney, that's one thing they could really do to improve, is just offer um, some different experiences um, and more thrilling rides.
0: Yeah. I think Tron will go some way to to help him with that.
1: (laughs) Absolutely. Very true. I'd forgotten that they were putting that in there. And maybe that's why they were, because, I mean, you know, like I said, when we, when we found out it was coming over to, uh, to Florida, like, I was both extremely excited for being a, a Tron fan and looking at how great that coaster was in Shanghai, but at the other side of me was completely perplexed, because why? They don't seem yeah. to care about that franchise, so why are you sticking a ride in there? And I think it's got more to do with needing to put something more thrilling in there than it being Tron, yeah. if that makes sense.
0: Yeah, and I, and I, I think the the theme fit, fits. I don't think it's so much popularity in the in the franchise. I think it is it is more to do with the fact that it fits. Yeah, where it's going. So, but and there you go. It, it, as I said, it does give them that extra thrill ride, despite the fact that it's going right next to another thrill ride.
2: Well, the. The exit to Space Mountain right now is all kinds of crazy, which I'm guessing is because of the Tron construction.
0: Mm-hmm.
2: So you used to exit and you'd, you'd go up the the little escalator and then you'd see all of the the little sets up on the side as you went up the escalator. And now you don't do any of that. You kind of go out with an emergency exit door. And then there's all, like, wooden walls that take you, like, in a weird kind of maze through, like, the side of Disney. And there's all signs everywhere for alligators and snakes. And you're like, oh, my God. And it's, like, a long walk
0: Hmm.
2: from, like, around the back. And then you come out near the smoking area between Tomorrowland and Storybook Circus. So it's a it's a strange exit right now.
1: It's going to be like for a while, I'd imagine as well.
2: Hmm. So, but that's that kind of made me wonder why they hadn't done something a little bit more permanent. If they know that this like disconstruction is going to go on for quite a while and they're not going to be able to use that regular exit, mm. like this, I don't know. It just looked a little bit too temporary. I don't know, but I think definitely more thrill rides are what's needed. The Guardian's construction is gigantic.
0: Yeah, they've come out today that they've started filling in some of the walls now. So, oh wow! So we won't be able to see what they're actually building.
2: Oh no! Like it is humongous. Like I, I'd heard people say that it's big, but then when I saw it, I was like, oh wow, that is very large.
0: Yeah, yeah, it's it's gonna take up a rather large chunk of that side of the park by the look of it wow uh, so Yeah. well yeah of getting its its fair dues now i think it's getting obviously ratatouille whatever they're going to call it
2: <laughs>
0: as well um because it certainly won't be sticking with the name that it's got in france um what's it called in france oh it's some really long name oh really yeah, all
1: in French, and then they shorten it to something ridiculous. Oh, like but... ass. <laughs> I thought it thought was not as exciting as that,
2: actually. Because <laughs> it no. really ridiculous.
1: Yeah, it's something like... Uh, I, the translation is uh, like Remy's crazy kitchen adventure or something. Oh, but yeah. it's, a, it's a French title um, in France. I can't remember what the actual French title is, but yeah, it's... It's it's like that. It was supposed to be like Calamity Kitchen or something at first, but it it went through a few various name changes. So, Hmm. I think the ride will be exactly the same. Um, But, you know, Epcot is pinching the Ratatouille ride from Disneyland Paris, and Disneyland Paris are pinching us. So, you know, swings and roundabouts, I suppose.
2: Oh, also, James went on figment
1: oh never mind
2: for the first time since it's changed oh wow but he didn't he really really didn't remember anything about it before and i was like y- like i know for certain that you've been on this so many times yeah, and but- he was like no i don't remember
1: but how old is he now
2: 21
1: yeah see like didn't didn't that ride change in like 99 or 98
2: yeah so he would have only been like a little tiny yeah. But, like, even, like, from our home videos, like, I thought that he'd, like, be able to, like, he didn't even recognise Figment. And I'm like, James. But he really didn't like it.
1: Yeah, but he probably did what I would have done, which is just blocked him out.
2: Yeah, pretty much. The only thing that he thought was cool was when the butterfly is in the cage and then it's not in the cage.
1: The thing is, like I, I completely understand why people love Figment based on what they tell me. Um, but having only experienced, you know, the recent journey into imagination, he's just an annoying little punk. I have no time for Figment <laughs> at all. I don't think he's cute, I think he's annoying. He's he's essentially Disney World scrappy doo. And even that might be too polite to be honest. I really, really can't stand him, but I obviously get that he was. You know, my feeling on that is based on this new version of the ride, and I think yeah. anyone who speaks to that only knows his version would say the same thing. Like he seems to be an absolute pain in the um, alien swirling saucer. Um, <laughs> but uh, you know, I didn't. I didn't want to say you know the words, just that, just be rude. Um, but yes, I think if you if that's your own experience of him, then. He is annoying. Um everyone else remembers this fun, jovial character <laughs> who was inquisitive, not this annoying little, you know, purple dragon which yeah. he is now. So
0: bringing that up, did anyone see the the interview thing that Eric Idle did for GQ where he talked about his roles? No yeah, he brought up Honey I Shrunk the audience, but not journey into imagination. <gasps>
1: He probably Which is about kind it. of telling, isn't it? He probably just forgot. Oh wow! Or maybe he wanted the work to speak for itself. Didn't want to, you know, draw attention to it because people just go there and see what a, a masterpiece of acting uh, is involved in it. That is, that is wow. quite interesting, though, because I mean, Honey Ash on the audience was in most of the parks at some time. But if I'm right, Journey to Imagination's only ever been at Disney World. Yeah. So. But yeah, that's 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 quite interesting. Did he have anything nice to say about Honey I Shrunk the Audience?
0: Yeah, he said he really enjoyed it, and that uh, she gave him uh, the insight into going and do his doing his own 4D film that he did afterwards. What was that? I can't remember what he said, but it was something that he directed in the end. Um, hmm. I think he was in as well, but. I can't remember what he said it was, but, yeah, he literally went from Honey, I Shrunk the Audience into into directing this this 4D film.
1: I mean, saying that, I mean, when he did Honey, I Shrunk the Audience, it was still a new medium, wasn't it? Yeah. Like, you didn't have, you know, it was Captain EO, and there might have been one or two more that you got other theme parts where they'd do, like, a stock film, and... <laughs> I mean, you get them quite a lot now, don't you? I remember there was one with Leslie Nielsen about pirates. It's pretty awful, but you know, it was.
0: It might have been that.
1: Oh really? Oh god! Yeah. Regardless, not listening. I um, think it was. But yeah, you know, it, and that was done for theme parks, and so they'd they'd put them into like a a temporary theater, and you know, just add some water effects and whatever to make it a four D film, but you don't get many of those things. So I, was, I suppose it would be quite a unique thing to work on back then. Nowadays, not quite so much because they're, they're more prevalent and stuff at theme parks, but yeah, back in the nineties, it would have been a nice novelty for him. I just wish he would have made life a Brian 4D. I
2: just wish Captain EO was back.
1: It's back in some places. Um, <laughs> but saying <True>. that <laughs> there as well, It's... uh, I mean, I I actually re-watched it after that discovery last week. I I started to watch it. It's awful. Like, watching it in 2D is is not good. Captain EO. Yeah, it's not good. It's not good. Like, I I, I made it about five minutes in. That was enough for me. But I think it, it really stood out. The 3D really made it something else. It's a bit like Avatar Syndrome, really. When you watch it in 2D, it's nothing like experiencing it in 3D. You're watching the exact same thing, but having that 3D element really does give it an extra pop, pun intended. Um, I just don't think it works as well as a 2D thing. Hmm. But any, any, other, um, any other highlights while you was at Epcot stroke Magic Kingdom?
2: Um... No, none that I can think of right now. Oh, this isn't well, I mean, it's not really highlight, it's just like news. I don't know whether I spoke about last time. So, I used to always get a strawberry lemonade from Prince Eric's little um, like market stand thing in Magic Kingdom in the Fantasyland and. Last year, they just randomly, like, took it away. And I was so gutted because it was, like, had real strawberries in it and it was so delicious and I loved it so much. And then they've replaced it this year with, weirdly, shrimp. Pardon? Yeah, I know. Like, it's literally a, like, drink stand where you can just get lemonade, you can get, like, little pretzel, like, little snack pot things, and it's just, like... You can get regular frozen lemonade or a regular lemonade. Or, or can regular drinks.
0: frozen shrimp.
2: Or shrimp. Like, And it's like a fancy, like it looks like it comes from food of mine. And I was like, that is weird.
1: It, well, hang on. Right. So let me get this straight. They're selling lemonade. Yeah. That has shrimp in it.
2: No. They're selling lemonade, but then they're also selling just randomly shrimp.
1: Oh, I don't care about that. That's fine.
2: Well, it's weird. Like, I've never seen, like, a stand, like, around the Magic Kingdom that sells, like, a, like, anything like that.
1: Maybe it's been taken over by Bubba. Maybe he's expanded his business. Maybe. Speaking of which, on a side note, I went to Bubba Gumps in London the other day. I ain't going there again in a hurry.
2: Oh, really? I didn't oh. go to Bubba Gump's in Orlando this year, and I was
1: sad that I didn't go. It's always good to go for a, a margarita, Corona Rita, but mm-hmm. I went to the London one. we have been a few times, and we went out for my wife's birthday, and that's where she wanted to go. She loves the coconut shrimp in there, so uh, we was nearby, so I'm like, yeah, okay, let's go. And I thought it was very overpriced for what you got. It was... Essentially, it was um, dollar to pound conversion, pretty much.
0: Yeah. Oh.
1: So, like, Corona Rita was, I think, 14 or 15 99 for a Corona Rita. What? And that didn't come with the cup. Like, it used to come with the cup. And they were like, oh, for four ninety nine, you can add the cup. I was, like, thinking, Jesus. I used to pay, I think, when I, when I last went there a few years ago, I think it was about eleven ninety nine, and that included the cup. So if you didn't want the cup, they'd knock a few quid off. And that's not me being cheap. was just because I wasn't going to use the cup at home. It's only one of those, like, plastic shakers rather than, a, like, a hurricane glass or something, so... Um, but, yeah, like, was like, 15 99 The main entrees were, like, about 18 20 quid 20 each. And the portions were all right, but the food was just fine. Do you know what I mean? It's, it's nothing to write home about. It's probably about, you know, five or six quid more than going TGI Fridays. And it's, mm. the quality's about the same. Do you know what I mean? Like, I know I like eating at TGIs, but no one's going there because it's gourmet food. But you know what you're kind of getting and you know what you're kind of paying for. So you're kind of paying another five or six quid per meal on top. And they whack on service charge anyway, 12.5%. Which I'm never really a fan of. I always... I do, like, generally tip anyway, even in England. But I like to do my own tip. I hate being dictated to. But the thing is, on the bill, and, you know, the the option is, say to them, take that off, and I'll add on my own tip, or just just pay it. So I just thought, you know, it wasn't much. I think it was about six or seven quid it worked out to me. But, you know, for two of us, like... One starter, which we shared, two main courses and three soft drinks, was like almost 70 quid.
2: Oh, what?
1: Because they, like, my Coke was three ninety nine, And I thought, just like a, like a draft Coke, not a bottle. And I thought, three ninety nine, it's probably a refill. But even if it's not, I wanted another drink anyway. So when I got to, like, the end, like bottom of my glass, I thought, can I have another one of those, please? And yeah, they charge they charge me like per glass, four pound oh, wow. for a glass of coke. I think is excessive. Again, if you pay if you go TGIs, I think you pay that for refills, maybe even less. So yeah, Bubba Gumps in London not recommended. Bubba Gumps in City Walk, yeah, knock yourself out. Um Anyway, that's 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 an off-topic thing. But, yeah, so th- no no other highlights for you. Not at
2: Magic Kingdom and Epcot, but I will talk about Animal Kingdom on the next episode.
1: Ooh, cliffhanger. Mm-hmm. Yes. Nice, okay. Um, P-Dubs, before we go, is there anything else that you wanted to uh, throw into the mix?
0: Not really, I don't think. I think we'll save the, the news for another show.
1: Was there anything? No. Was there anything really no. pressing that we do? We, you know, is there anything to the break
0: ticket prices and and stuff like that? So I think that's going to take up a a good chunk of an episode. So
1: yeah, no, fair enough, fair enough. We'll save that for uh, the next episode, like you say. In that case, right? Well, with all that said and done, um, thank you for listening. Thank you, P Dubs, and not that I should uh, favorite anything, but Amanda. Absolutely wonderful to have you back. You have been missed. And uh, I'm glad you're back. And now you're back, we're going to lock you up and throw away the keys so you can't go to Orlando for at least the next seven months.
2: Uh, all right. I guess that's okay.
1: Good. I'm glad you agree. <laughs> um, thank you, dear listener. And we will see you with another disaster Dark very soon.
2: Bye, guys.
1: I'm Mary Joe. And I'm Mary Poppins to bed. Hello there, dear listener. Now, have you ever listened to a podcast and thought, oh, I'd really like to support those guys, but I just don't know how to do it? <laughs> well, then you're in luck. There are now two ways for you to be able to support us. The first is by going to our Spreadshirt page at shop.spreadshirt.co.uk forward slash after dark network here you can pick up t-shirts for all of the podcasts that we do the other way is by visiting us at patreon.com forward slash disafterdark that's p-a-t-r-e-o-n.com forward slash disafterdark any money raised by buying some merchandise or pledging your support on patreon means that we can keep producing more content for the after dark network on behalf of the other after dark podcast network hosts We thank you for listening to this episode. We hope you enjoyed it and thank you for your continued support.